0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a
1: breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What do teachers want parents to start doing?
2: Teachers definitely want parents to start being more involved. Um, That doesn't mean doing our jobs. I think a lot of people... And a lot of parents think, well, the teacher just wants me to do their job. No, that's not it. The teacher just wants you to start to be involved, to make sure that you are listening to your child's teacher and to make sure you're listening to your child about what's going on inside of the classroom and making sure that you're communicating your needs with your child's teacher. So if you're having a hard time understanding and so is the child, then that's something the teacher needs to know so that the teacher can help you and help the child. But when you don't communicate your needs to us, then it kind of leaves all parties in the
1: dark. What do teachers want parents to continue doing?
2: Uh, Teachers want parents to continue loving their babies. That is the one thing that they do the best. 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 The best.
3: The best. Welcome to Wow Black. A seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything.
1: Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. Yeah, uh, we're back in this thing. It's another episode of Wild Black at the House, where we go deep on COVID-related issues, how we survive them, how we thrive through them. And today, we're going to have a little fun again. So, man, one of the things that has happened since COVID hit is you've seen a, a huge outpouring of support for two industries, right? Healthcare workers. Man, we are... What's your name? Though, oh, bro. shit, what's we did name? skip that, didn't we? What's happening, everybody? This is Vince. Art in the building. You know, y'all know us already, but, you know, we love to tell y'all again. And we've been skipping that so much lately. But healthcare workers, we've been lifting them up. We've been praising them. Secondarily, we have been lifting up and praising our educators. And I know that's probably selfish because so many of us now have had to sit down and make sure our children do their work. Get their, as, as my mom used to say, get their lesson turned in. And we recognize like how important teachers are in the world. I don't think we truly got it before, but we, we got it now. And even though school is out for most people, we wanted to sit down and have a conversation with someone who educates our youth. That person who has become so important to me because I can't wait until I can send my kids back to them. I love my kids, but I need somebody else. I I, I can't be responsible for going to work and keeping that happening. I need these teachers in my life. So we went out and we find someone who is super dope, knows what she's doing, hell of a teacher, and on top of that, she's a mom. So let me introduce today's guest. Marie Peaches is an educator first and foremost. And while we're discussing the classroom today, her ability and experience educating our youth can't be contained to a classroom. If there's a mind in need of strengthening, then Marie acts an obligation to do that. She can't help it. It's built into who she is. And if that wasn't enough, she's educated. A bachelor's in elementary education, a master's in educational administration. Plus, I don't know what this really means, but plus, she is a national board certified teacher, 2009 and 19. I'm going to have to ask her what that really means because I don't get it quite yet. On top of that, she's got 20 years of classroom teaching experience across multiple grades, and last but not least, she is a wife and a mother of two school-aged children. Marie, welcome to Wild Black.
2: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Hey, Vince. Hey, Art.
1: What's happening? I, I'm sitting over here with some
0: massive applause. Like, if we could hit the applause button, right? <laughs> go off for me.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys.
1: Good. Well, Marie, I introduced you, but do me a favor. Tell our listeners just a little bit more about you, including fixing my ignorance, and tell them what it means to be a nationally board-certified teacher. Please break that down.
2: Well, being a national board-certified teacher just kind of means that you go above and beyond your regular teaching experience. So you have to take videos of yourself, you have to write about six to eight papers, and you have to send them into the national board certification office, and then they will evaluate Your videos, they evaluate everything that you send to them, and then they send you a certificate uh, saying yes or no, you are nationally board certified. Uh, You also have to go through online testing. Um, So you have to make sure that you are really at the top of your game in order to become a national board certified
1: teacher. So you can do that and they can be like, nah.
2: They can. Yes, they can. Based on the criteria, based on the videos that you send them. Um, They also talk to your students. So the students oftentimes have to write things in. And the students also have to be recorded. Um, You also have to have parent communication and show how that's evident in your teaching. So there are a lot of components that go into being a National Board Certified Teacher. So I'm very, very proud to hold that title.
1: Well, look, I'm glad you hold it, too, because I don't, I don't know if I make the cut. If they start asking people about me, who knows where this thing is really going to go. But I hope you're ready because we have got some special wild black shit for you. Are you ready for this?
2: I'm ready.
1: All right, brother. You want to take her through it, man?
0: Let's get it. Three questions. First two Get you warmed up. Last question is really our signature question that we ask all of our guests. Uh, So first question. Name for us three TV shows or stories that Big Mama wouldn't miss and you better not interrupt her while she watches them.
2: Uh, So when I was growing up, that would be The Cosby Show. You better not interrupt her. All
1: right.
2: You better not interrupt her while she's watching The Jeffersons.
1: The Jeffersons.
2: The Jeffersons, yes. And you better not interrupt her while she's watching A Different World. She loved
1: it. She must be younger, because I, w- I was expecting to hear, as the world turns, days of our lives. Right. Like, What was the other right. joint? Sunset like, Beach or something like that? General Hospital. Dallas Dynasty. Something like
2: that. <laughs> right. <laughs> she right. she did love General Hospital, too, though.
1: Because <laughs> them were the ones. like You,
0: check you did out, not though. come in on those. She got, she got two security points on that one because
1: all her shows was black show. Black as hell. All right, do you mind if I ask question number two, brother? Yeah, yeah go ahead, bro. All right, I, w- I wanted to ask this one because I, I, I just enjoy this question. You ready? You ready, sister?
2: I'm ready.
1: All right, since we're talking about education today, we got to talk corporal punishment, right? But since it's been taken out of schools, we want to talk about it from a personal, maybe even a historic standpoint, right? So I, I know that you come from two black parents, I also know that, yes, I that your mom's is, you know, super nice and your father's a pastor, spoiled a ride and whooped that ass or, you know, however that line goes. I, I know right. I know on occasion that they probably still had to get off in that ass when you were younger. Right. So <laughs> today, if you had to pick your poison, if you got to select the item that was going to be used to whoop that booty, which one would you pick? I got five choices. You ready?
2: I got you. Go ahead. Choice
1: one. Daddy's belt. Keep in mind that that belt buckle might catch a corner of that ass.
2: <laughs>
0: B,
1: that random racetrack piece from your brother's Hot Wheel track that we all had, but don't oh, nobody no. know why. Uh,
2: not the racetrack. Yep.
1: <laughs> Number three, Old Faithful. That's the extension cord for those who need that clarity.
2: Uh-huh. The next
1: one, a fly swatter. I, I got the mark to prove this is a real thing. Or the last one is the first available. That's reserved for that ass whooping where anything within reach was in play to tear that ass up. Which one are you going with and why? Uh,
2: I think I'm going to have to go with the fly swatter. The, fl-
1: <laughs> the fly swatter.
2: If I had Man. to, I don't want to get hit with no racetrack. I <laughs> don't I do
1: not. Let me tell you something.
2: <laughs> and I can't take a chance on that belt buckle. No, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can at least hope a couple flies to get caught in that to Give
1: me a little cushion. <laughs> man, look. Uh, what's gonna happen is that fly is gonna leave marks, and then mom and dad is gonna turn that thing around and get, and get on that wire part. Hey, you on oh, your own with that? No,
2: one. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> All
0: right, brother. Which
1: one you going with, man?
0: Vince, this just tell me you was bad as hell. <laughs> You knew how you know They,
1: they turned it around After being up on them Yeah Yeah that's only for bad kids Brother I got the marks To prove it Hey mama I got the marks To prove it Like real talk mm-hmm. I have been beat With every one of these Plus a few other options I didn't even want to Get all into that Because DSS might get called I love my mama But she told my ass Up <laughs> <laughs> What's the statute Of limitations on this Hey When it comes to Black momming I don't think there is one She told me Up
0: I would say first available because I, I I don't want to give anybody any type of time to think or premeditate what's about to happen to me. I want it pure, like off the cuff, right now.
1: Yeah, first available so first might available. might be that's a, usually a shoot. You're right. That, that is
0: a good call. Or or
2: the hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Or the hand. Yep, The hand is cool. No, it,
1: it gets tired.
0: No, and it gets
1: tired. My parents had like technique. That hand that was serious, boy. The hand or the switch. Grandma was the switch. Go outside and get the switch. See, we mm-hmm. that was too close See, to getting beat See, I don't want any tools. It. I don't want no kind of tools to be
0: used because they hurt way worse. Like a hand, you, you can tell when they get tired. They're going to get wore out.
4: Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster?
3: Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop
4: thinking about?
5: Celebrate 50 years of the Timberland original yellow boot and the culture that made it an icon The Timberland Hip Hop Royalty Boot remixes the classic in a glorious purple waterproof leather with premium crafted details inspired by the four pillars of hip hop, DJing, graffiti MCing and breakdancing. Get yours in select stores or at Timberland.com Available in men's, women's and youth sizes Timberland, built for the bold
2: Right, I was shoe.
0: hoping one of the yeah. options was gonna be a hand, because I was ready to choose that. <laughs> 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 yep, yep, that's it. That's it, that's it. They in reach at you. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, that's mine. bro. how about you? Since you you probably got
1: all of them. Oh I man, I got all I got all these plus on, man. Every one of these multiple times, every one of them, without fail, with regularity. Old faithful the extension cord, depending on the room I was in, my mm-hmm. dad's belt. And he had he had one of them belt buckles that had like the old country Texas belt buckle that had his initials on it. Yeah,
0: I got it all. Cool, cool, cool. Well, look, let's jump into this third question. And this is our signature question that we ask all of our guests. What do you love most about Life While Black? Uh,
2: what I love most about Life While Black is just the love of my people. Mm. I just love the warmness that I get when I'm surrounded by my own people.
1: I love that, man. The the way she said that, the tone of her voice, the passion in the word, didn't it make you feel all warm? Like, I feel like I got hugged. I believe that. I felt that. Mm I
5: feel
0: like I've been hooked. About somebody that looked like me. Right. But
2: isn't that how you feel? Like, when you're with your family, you at the family reunion, or even if you're just at a cookout, hanging out with your closest friends, they just make you feel so welcome and so loved. And I just love that about our people.
1: And they do, except for that one uncle that stayed so drunk. But everybody else, I'm with you. <laughs> that nigga that boy. Whew. That was a great answer. All right, well, we're gonna jump into the dope quote today. And our listeners know the dope quote anchors the episode. It is typically from the mouth of someone black. It comes from a historical perspective, science, education, religion, music, entertainment, philosophy. Doesn't really matter. Today's different though. Um today does not come from the mouth of someone black. Actually, I don't even know who this dude is to say he's an old white guy. But I love what he has to say, and it's relevant to the episode. So I'm going to read it real quick. The dope quote is from William Arthur Ward, and it says, The mediocre teacher tells, the good teacher explains, the superior teacher demonstrates, and the great teacher inspires. Marie, when you hear that quote, what comes to mind for you?
2: Well, definitely the demonstration part and the inspiration part are two of the greatest things that we try and do as a teacher. Yeah. As teachers out here, um, you can't just tell kids what to do. They need to see it. Yeah. And you want them to be inspired to then do it for themselves. So, so I completely agree. This is an amazing quote.
1: So true. Art, right, brother, I know your mother's a teacher, man. What, what about you? What, what comes to your mind with that?
0: I, I was still stuck on the um, last one when my mom was whooping me. <laughs> But <laughs> I have to go with the inspiration, right? It, it it's almost like um my mom, she's a retired teacher and and she all I mean, it was crazy the amount of like effort that she put into like everything being like this educational journey. Right. But it was more inspirational, kinda instilling in you that anything is possible or in the realm of possibility if you can think that you could actually do it. Right. He, obviously, the, the, the author of this poem, obviously, is very in tune with the, the, the profession of education. Right. To me, it's one of the most important professions in the history of the world. Yeah, so no doubt, I, I, I love it, but the inspiration piece is, is really key to me. after you know, you get your ass whooped a little bit, you, know, you don't <laughs>
1: do what you're supposed to do. I mean, you be inspired to, to study. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. All right, well, with that, we'll jump into the core part of the interview. And listeners, today, <clears throat> what I, what I want what I want you to get out of this episode is not only the real behind what it's like for our teachers every day, day after day, teaching, instructing, bettering, and inspiring our our children. I also want you to be able to hear directly from those teachers how we can be better, how we can partner with them to help them educate our children to the best of their abilities, how we can be better partners at home in times when COVID has has happened and we have to be the primary enforcer of education. And then when things get back to normal, we're sending our children, God willing, back to the school building. How can we be the best asset to the teachers who spend so much time, love and attention on our children? So that is what I want you to get out of today's episode. And with that, we're going to jump in. So, Marie, the first question that I want to ask you is all about parents. Actually, the first couple of questions. So, okay. since, since teachers are known for giving grades, I want to start this thing off by holistically giving a grade to the parents. And it's going to come in two parts. How are parents doing, again, holistically, pre-COVID with their support and involvement in their children's academic lives? If you had to give them a letter grade.
2: If I had to give them a letter grade, you know, you have to take everything and kind of average it, right? Um, because you have some parents who are all in, and then you have some parents who just drop their kids off, right? So I would say holistically, I would give them about a seventy-five percent, which would be in the C range, a letter grade.
1: Okay, I was that's better than I thought. I thought we would get like a sixty that's, percent. No, that's
2: no, right. I, was I was definitely
1: F too. Right? Yeah, I
2: was. I would say <laughs> definitely a hard C. Yes. Okay,
1: okay. Now, what about during COVID when all this shifted? How were parents doing then when they were forced to be a little bit more active?
2: Well, I think during COVID, that's when the grades tended to drop a bit. <laughs> um,
1: that's because we ain't doing you know, a good We job. had
2: some parents. Some parents just kind of gave up, you know? <laughs> um, and I think that they kind of came into the realization that, whoa, you know, this is a little bit more difficult Tradition than I thought. Hard. So if I had to, if I had to give a letter grade, I would probably drop down
1: to 60%, which is a letter grade of D. See, first, before I go further, I just want to take issue, right? 60% mm-hmm. today being a D. Brother, when I was in school, that was a solid F. I want to say for me it was 93 to 100 was an A, 85 to 92 was a B. and like. But now they have like a full 10-point scale. What, when the hell did that change? How, how did they get it so easy? What, what is that about? A 60, a then D, a D. It's a D minus. 59 it's, is when you get into the, the F 59 is an F.
2: Oh, is it? Right, right. 59 mm-hmm. and below. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: shit, I'm going to have to look at this rounding situation go back and holler at some teachers right quick then.
5: <laughs> you need your Ds instead of your Fs. Right,
1: amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. A D stands for damn good, boys. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. So, I want to do uh, a start, stop, continue. So what do teachers want parents to start doing?
2: Teachers definitely want parents to start being more involved. Um, That doesn't mean doing our jobs. I think a lot of people and a lot of parents think, well, the teacher just wants me to do their job. No, that's not it. The teacher just wants you to start to be involved, to make sure that you are listening to your child's teacher, and to make sure you're listening to your child right. about what's going on inside of the classroom.
1: Right. And being involved, th- that doesn't necessarily mean just yelling, kids, do your homework. It-, it might mean paying a little more attention, sitting down, getting an understanding of what it is they're doing. We know you can't help. We know this new math. We get it. But showing an interest, right? It- it's more than just yelling out a command or an order at 6.30 p.m. before dinner hits the table, Right.
2: Yes. And then making sure that you're communicating your needs with your child's teacher. So if you're having a hard time understanding and so is the child, then that's something the teacher needs to know so that the teacher can help you and help the child. So we're not just out here saying, hey, go do this work without trying to send you any help. But when you don't communicate your needs to us, then it kind of leaves all parties in the dark.
1: I got you. I got you. I like that. Cool. What do teachers want parents to stop doing?
2: I think the number one thing teachers want parents to stop doing is playing the blame game. Mm. So if their child um, doesn't succeed in a certain area, there is no one else to blame but the teacher. That's
1: right. If Jimmy and is I dumb, teachers, it's, it's Jimmy's fault. Right. And it's the <laughs> teacher's fault. <right? laughs>
2: I don't want to say that it's Jimmy's fault, but I know that there are so many other pieces that come into the puzzle when you're building up a child. The teacher isn't that only puzzle piece. And so teachers definitely want parents to stop blaming them if things don't go the way that they want it to in the classroom. We want parents to realize that we all have to work together to build a great child. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely a partnership.
1: I feel you. I feel you. All right. Last one. What do teachers want parents to continue doing?
2: Uh, Teachers want parents to continue loving their babies. That is the one thing that they do the best. And we can tell even if little Johnny is running crazy in our classroom and not listening, he got a good haircut and he looks nice in his new jeans. So we definitely want parents to continue to love on their babies because that's exactly what we do when they come into the classroom. We love on them, too. And that love is the most important piece.
1: So does that mean y'all going to be in the teacher's lounge talking about, you know what? Lil' Jimmy, cute and put together, but he dumb as a brick. Jesus, that boy is dumb. No, okay. I, wouldn't
2: say, I wouldn't say dumb as a brick. No, and teachers don't use that language. <laughs> 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 but we might say, I'm calling
5: little Jimmy's mama tonight because he does not know how to multiply.
1: <laughs> but you're going to be real mad when you call little Jimmy.
5: At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: I mean, She's right. like, multiple what?
5: <laughs> mm. You say what?
1: Right, multiple. I'm
2: going to need to keep Jimmy after school for
5: tutoring. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All
1: right, so let's, let's talk about how we can make parents better, right? So I know the school year is over, but I also know that a lot of parents had a brand new experience, right? I mentioned it earlier, but now being the enforcer of that education, right? Um, I think right. some parents kind of overstepped and, and, and thought that they were responsible for their children's education. But I still think it's, it's about the partnership, right? We are, in, we are responsible to enforce it, to make sure our children are attentive, are present. And I'd like to assume that because of that experience, that when we go back to school, parents will remain more active, But before Mm -hmm. that happens, we've got to go through a summer. So what advice do you have for parents as summer gets into full swing that allow them to be better prepared and more involved once that school year starts up again?
2: Well, I think one of the number one things is a lot of parents tend to think, well, summer is for fun. My kid can do whatever they want. And in some cases, that's true. But I need and I really want parents to understand that sitting down to read a book for 30 minutes is so valuable, even if you're reading to your child or if your child is reading to you. Um, Just asking your kid a couple of math problems or sending them to an educational website, that does so much because they have the entire rest of the day that they can play video games, that they can be on Fortnite or Minecraft or doing whatever they want to do if they just take 30 minutes out of each day and say this, this section of time is going to be set aside for your educational needs. That will make such a great difference.
1: So funny. My wife and I have been having that conversation and not from an argumentative standpoint, but she's much more on the page of we've got to get some structure added to their worlds, right? Because this summer is also going to be different because with COVID, things are happening different. Summer camps aren't happening the same way I'm looking at things like I don't want to pay nobody $100 a week or $300 a week for my child to sit on the computer and look at somebody. So I've been on the camp of let's disengage and enjoy the hell out of our summer. And she's much more like get them some structure. So what I'm going to do is make sure she doesn't hear this portion of the interview (laughs) and, and keep it all going. But what I
2: want you guys to both know is that you can do both. Like there's a time where you need structure and there's a time where you can be flexible with your time. So it's okay. If the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is you want to play your game or you want to talk on the phone to your friends, like it's okay for your child to have flexibility. But at a certain time of the day, okay, it's time for all of us now to sit down for this 30 minutes. I need you to read that book. Um, you come over here, I want you to read to me, and you need to be working on those math problems. And if we can all start doing that, it would be so much better for our children when they get ready to come back into a structured environment. Well, look at
0: look see, at Marie. Like that. That, was, that was a pro tip. You see right? that? that? was a pro tip she hits you with right there. She's like, hey, you can balance between both. Right, she's saving yeah. marriages yeah. and getting us right. <laughs> right, right, right. Because look, I'm on the extreme. What I do, I, like... This is the structure I got in, in my household now because I got two girls. Right, y'all have to do educational work for three hours a day every day.
2: Okay, okay, so wow, I'm, I'm kind of crazy, to right? <laughs> yeah, they gotta
0: get it. They gotta get it. They gotta get this work. They gotta get this work. Look, because I gotta work. I can't be sitting up there looking at them play while I'm working. Oh, you jealous? That's no, right.
2: <laughs> Don't want them playing while you work. (laughs)
0: Look, this is is for their educational (laughs) well-being, (laughs) brother.
2: I mean, as long as you're breaking that time up. I mean, I don't think that a child, even within a classroom setting, should be sitting for three hours straight doing work. So, that right there.
3: When something happens to your kitchen, you might say...
5: This
2: is ludicrous.
3: But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us.
5: Thanks, Mr. Chris.
3: No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.
2: It's okay to break up that time. So it's okay to say from 9 to 10. You know, you're doing your math work, you're doing your science work. And then right after that, how about you take a break? Maybe you go have a snack. Maybe you watch something on YouTube that you want to look at. And then make sure you come back and make sure you're on time because I need you back at the table by 11 o'clock or I need you back at your desk by 1130. So it still gives them a little bit of flexibility while creating structure.
1: I like that. Mm, So let's take let's take that question just a step further. Right. So mm-hmm. we we know that adding some type of structure is good, right? Some type of educational yeah. goals are going to be good. But I guarantee you most parents right now are thinking I don't have the time to sit down and write out 10 math questions for my children to read. I don't have the time to identify a book that's on grade level and then make sure that I understand so I can test their comprehension. So are there websites, tools, resources, anything that you can tell parents where they can go and access the information that's right on grade level, right on target for their children?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. So the first one that I would leave parents to would be IXL.com, and it's actually the letter I the letter X and the letter L, .com. Um, This is a great website for pre-K all the way through high school, and it includes language arts, it includes science, and it includes math. So a student or a parent can go in there, click on grade six science, and get some grade six science questions. They could go in there and click on grade five math and get a plethora of grade five math questions. Um, And the same works for uh, language arts. So this is one of my number one resources. It's one of the resources that I put my children on every day. And um, it definitely helps in those three subject areas. Nice. Another one that I would give them for younger children that are working on their reading is Starfall, star, S-T-A-R-F-A-L-L, starfall.com, which is great for some of our younger readers that are just learning to read. It goes through helping them learn how to sound out their words and reading short stories and also asking them some comprehension questions. Nice. Um, another resource that I really, really love because I love doing uh, music with my teaching. So I love teaching songs. So another website that I would recommend would be Vocabulary, And Vocabulary is amazing because it has all of these educational materials put to rack. And so if you just go on the vocabulary website and let's say you type in animal cells, then all the songs that will come up that are all about cells, there'll be a rap, the kids can listen to the rap and learn the rap, and then afterwards there's some questions that they can answer about what was that really what was that rap about so they can understand not just rapping the content but also what are they getting from it? So those would be definitely the top three websites I recommend.
1: And the same ones that I use with my own children. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Oh, that's that fire right there. That's that fire right there. You you got me. I'm over here geeked up. I'm like, yay, I got more material for the kiddos. That's what's <laughs> Not up. for three hours straight though. Not for
2: three hours
0: straight. <laughs> what look, look, I'm just gonna break it up now. I'm gonna break
1: it up. You already gave me the blueprint. Look, he Nine tell you, ten. when he breaks it up, it's gonna be five hours. <laughs>
2: These poor
0: poor kids. Right. They're going to work like I work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as a teacher who's also a mom, what advice do you have for parents if we end up not sending them back to the physical school building? And and keep in mind, I I want this question to to be answered from a a forward-thinking standpoint. If our kids don't go back into the school building What advice do you have for parents so that they can stay sane while, again, they're having to take on that role of educational enforcer?
2: Well, I think that um, one of the things is that you have to recognize that within a family, everybody needs a break. And so um, even now with my family, I put up a schedule, but my schedule doesn't have any times. So, like, for instance, it will say uh, morning work. And then after that, it'll say morning walk. Mm. After that, it'll say afternoon work and then it'll say afternoon break. But there are no times that everyone is held to. So, for example, let's say we had we had a rough day on Monday and one of my daughters wants to sleep in while another one is ready to get up and work. That's okay. I want it to be a loving home. This home has to be our safe place. This home has to be where we all feel welcome where we all feel loved. So I don't want to wake her up and say, hey, you're late, our schedule starts at nine o'clock. That's definitely not going to put her into a calm peace. And that doesn't mean that I'm gonna let her sleep until two o'clock in the afternoon. And that's where the structure part comes in. But making sure that you have a schedule where you at least have a little give and a little take will make things better for your family. So making sure that, listen, we all know we're going to get this work done. I got to work and you have to work. So we're going to get it done. But there's time in here for breaks. And I need you to talk to me. I need you to be open if you feel like you need a break. And I'm going to be open with you and saying, listen, mommy just needs a minute. I'm going to go to my room for a second. I'll be back in about 10 minutes. I need you to keep working. So all of us need to make sure that within our family settings, we're being open about our needs and what it is we need, and what it is we want, and as parents, it's going to be so important for us to listen to our children in the event that we don't go back to school, because it's going to affect them a lot more than it's going to affect us as
1: parents. I feel so warm inside the, the way you speak and the the passion in your voice. Like I, I'm warmed up. I'm feeling real good uh, right uh, now. Thank
2: you. I'm feeling real good. I'm right glad. Good. That's the whole point.
1: <laughs> All right. So. I want to move into the life of a teacher kind of section. And listeners, I want to remind you that At The House is a partnership between Wild Black and You Had Me At Black. So as we talk through this section, you'll hear me mention a few names and a few narratives that you need to go over to You Had Me At Black and check out. You can also go to your podcast player and search for At The House. What we've done is, in addition to dropping the episodes in our own individual podcast, we've created a mini-series podcast that houses episodes from both sides. So remember, as we're talking through this next section, when you hear these names, go to You Had Me at Black or find At The House and listen to our partner episodes. All right, so Kayla on You Had Me at Black, she had this really touching story And it was about, I won't go into too much detail because I do want you all to go listen. But it was about an experience that she had with a 12-year-old girl who was developing. And she was able to tell the, the young woman, the little girl, that she was in control of her own body, right? She didn't need to allow the sexualization of her body. She was entitled to be a kid and grow up in a kid's time. Kayla called that moment one of her most privileged as an educator. So, Marie, what I want to ask you is, what's that moment been for you? What moment did you feel the most privileged to educate, teach, and help?
2: That moment came when I was a teacher in Cleveland uh, City Public Schools, and I taught on, on the east side. Um, which isn't the most desirable place to teach. But um, I definitely wanted um, to teach some of our children, you know, because a lot of the so-called great teachers don't go into the inner city um, to teach and to use their skills and to give back. So I definitely wanted to do that. And um, I started teaching third grade there. And then immediately um, I was taken out of the classroom by the principal and told that I would be teaching a fourth grade class. And so that was after about two weeks. So I went to the fourth grade class to observe. And the kids were, oh, they were awful. They were talking (laughs) back to the teacher. And they were like throwing things across the room. They were cursing. And Mm. um, after my observation, the principal was like, yes, this is a classroom that I need you to take over. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So Of course, you know, I got to pray, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I had the weekend to kind of. To kind of get my thoughts together.
1: Jesus, Um, if you would just get this whooping hand strong, (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Right. Right.
2: I said, I'm going to um, change the environment. You know, when they come in on Monday, I want them to know that this is a place where they are loved, where they are cared for. And sometimes that has to do with the aesthetics of the classroom, like how much work you really put into the classroom. Right. So I changed the entire classroom. I decorated it to the very best of my ability and the ability of my wallet at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, when they came in, I introduced myself. I'm your new teacher. And immediately um, one of the little girls says, oh, you have his desk next to his. Oh, that can't happen because they're going to fight. They always fight. And so my response to her was, well, let's just kind of see, you know, let's let our day get started and um, we're going to kind of talk to each other and meet each other. And um, then we'll see how things work out, you know? So uh, the two little boys came in, you know, they had their little eyes going at each other and um, I pulled them to the side during lunch. And I said, Hey, you know, today at lunch, I don't want you to go to the cafeteria. I want you to come have lunch with me. I'm just trying to get to know all of the students. So every day, I'm going to pull two students and let them have lunch with me so that we can kind of develop a personal relationship. I can get to know you guys. They were very surprised. Like, you want to have lunch with who? You want to have lunch with us? (laughs) So I'm like, yes, you know, I definitely want to have lunch with you guys. You know, and this is, you know, fourth grade, fourth grade boys. So they're 10 years old. Um, So they came to the classroom. They sat, they had lunch with me and found out how many similarities they had. Hmm. They both like playing basketball Um, They both like going outside after school to play with their friends. They both lived on the same street, so they knew each other. um, But they didn't know that both of them were from single mom families. You know, oh, you only live with your mom, too? Yeah, I live with my mom. And so just developing that conversation, they never fought again. They never fought again. They became the best of friends. And I think that grabbing those two strong boy leaders in the classroom in that first day kind of set the tone for the classroom. And I will never forget that last day of school. And I get a little choked up. Sorry. It's all good. One of the little boys, he came to me and he said, I don't want to leave fourth grade because I don't want to leave you because I know that you love me. And so I told him, you know, I will always love you. And just to make sure that you know your value and you know your worth and that you don't have to show everyone this, you know, this tough guy, but show everyone your mind, show everyone your spirit, because that's what people are going to fall in love with. And so I'm just happy that that was that one time where, you know, no matter where I saw him at, You know, he was waving me down. Hey, back then I was Miss Jones, you know, before I got married. Right. Hey, Miss Jones. Hey, Miss Jones. You know, if ever he see me walking back and forth um, from my car to the school building when he's walking down from the middle school, there goes Miss Jones. I got to go say hi to her. (laughs) And I would give him a big hug, you know. So um, that was one of the things that I think really kind of helped me and inspired me, but at the same time inspired a whole classroom of students to not just assume that fights are going to break out. Don't just assume that people are what they are. There's so much more to our children if we just allow them to be more.
1: I love that. First thing I want to say is thank you, right? Because from being a student and now from being the parent of students, I recognize how important it is for teachers to take notice, right? And for teachers to take the extra step in ensuring that our children see the beauty and the value in themselves because there are there are opportunities every single day to make or break these children and i'm so grateful for the educators who take the chance to build them instead of break them so personal thank you from from me to you on that one
2: i appreciate it oh that. yeah
1: oh yeah and i kind of i want to slide into a, a little something else here right and you began to, to sort of touch on the emotion that you felt from playing that role in those children's lives. So I want to actually make that more real and add more context to that so that our parents out there can understand that for most educators, most teachers, it's, it's truly bigger than a job or a paycheck. So I don't want to ask the normal question of what a day in the life is like, but I, I do want to ask you to Break down your life as a teacher, but not from a tactical or what you do every day standpoint. I loved if you could just talk to us about the emotions you feel, good and bad, as a teacher who truly does care for her students and her students' futures. What what do you go through?
2: Well, on a daily basis, you go through number one, trying to make sure that you can manage a classroom of between twenty five and thirty students, and realizing that they're bringing with them everything that happened at home. They're bringing with them whatever happened on the way to school. They are bringing with them so many different um, emotions, so many different feelings, so many different learning styles and being able to try and manage that. First of all, you have to be completely sane and you have to give everything you have to your classroom of students. So at that point in time, when those students enter my classroom, they are my number one priority. Whatever's going on in my life is gone. It's out the door. I'm not thinking about my children. I'm not thinking about my husband. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do after work. I'm giving 100% everything to each one of those children that is sitting in those desks. And I think...
0: Everybody loves McDonald's fries.
4: So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: That is kind of hard for parents or people who are not educators to understand, is that we're giving our all. We have to make sure that we comfort Susie because we know her grandmother died last night. At the same time, we have to teach Johnny because he's two grade levels behind on his reading, but he needs to feel that he's making progress and he needs to still feel important. But at the same time, I've got to pull a small group of these girls so they can have a lunch bunch with me because I noticed that they were arguing yesterday. And so I need to make sure everyone's heart is okay. Mm. So we're trying to make sure that we juggle all of the needs and all of the feelings and all of the emotions of these students So that they can walk away and say, I had a great day in school today and I want to come back tomorrow, which is our number one goal. We want them there and we want to create a space where they feel safe, where they feel loved and where we know that's where they want to be. So we don't want kids to wake up and say, I don't want to go to school. We want kids to wake up and say, I might not be awake. I might be sleepy, but I don't want to miss school. And that's how we want them to feel because we don't want to miss school either. And I think it's important also that emotionally, when we have to be absent, when we have to be away from them, that's what we think about during the day. If I have to make a doctor's appointment, I'm at the doctor's thinking, oh, I hope my class is doing well. Okay, I hope little Johnny really understood his lesson today. And then at the end of the day, I'm checking on them. I'm trying to make sure that they did the best they could while I was away. So I don't think that parents understand that this is not a job you kind of take off and put on. At the end of the day, it's not like a suit jacket. Right. But it's something that we carry with us throughout our lives.
1: I love that. I don't know about you, brother, but it it sounds like teachers are really like Swiss Army knives. Like they have to have every (laughs) tool at their disposal all the time. And without it, the future is broken. time to
0: pull it out. Right. Wow.
1: I mean that. I think that that, there's a differentiator
0: there, right? Like, um, the way you've broken that down puts me into a space because I I love education. Um, It puts me into a space that says there is a significant difference between what a mediocre, good, great, and a phenomenal teacher is. And and you are in this range of phenomenal. And I, I can tell just by the way you think about, like, how you devote and dedicate your time. And, and I think that is one of the most important things in education for um, a phenomenal teacher. So that that's that's awesome.
2: I just like to joke with a lot of my teacher friends and say, um, it's time for me to take my vitamins now that I'm leaving work so I can have a little bit of energy for my own kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As you were talking, it it took me back to the, the dope quote, the mediocre teacher tells, the good teacher explains, mm-hmm. the superior teacher demonstrates, and the great teacher inspires. And I would say without a doubt, you have been inspiring from the moment we started this podcast. So I think that puts you in the realm of excellent teachers. We appreciate that. Thank you,
2: Vince. Thank you so much. Of
1: course. So I might miss his name or two. Please correct me if I do. But (laughs) I think his name was Byron on Mm -hmm. the story from You Had Me at Black. And he he told this story about, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, about being... (laughs) too black. Now, his perspective was a much more intellectual perspective that I'm going to take. His perspective talked about the fact that in reality, there's no such thing as too black because black is amazing. I'm paraphrasing, but I want to flip that thing on its head real quick because I think every one of us knows what we mean when we hear someone say, oh Lord, they was just too black today. So yes. I want to have yes. some fun with this.
0: One.
1: I, <laughs> Everybody knows, right? Have you ever, have you ever had a parent come up to the school and this is a sister or a brother and you look at them cutting the pure fool. It was like, Jesus, Lord, they are just too black today and had to walk away. Have you ever found yourself in that situation?
2: Well, I don't, mine was not at the school, but I used to do what's called home visits. And so we used to have to go out into the community and visit some of our parents. And so that was like our parent teacher conference time. And so I pulled up at one house and, you know, I got out and looked like auntie and uncle and, you know, everybody was just kind of out on the porch. It was a nice day. You know, they were drinking 40s and. You know, smoking a little 40s. weed, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, so we taking it back, <laughs> and, uh, and the weed. so you know, <laughs> I walk up, and you know, I say hello. <laughs> oh, hey, you that teacher, right? So yes, that's me,
1: <laughs> teacher lady. How
2: you doing? Wow. You know, I'm looking for you know Janelle's mom, and I'm you know not using the real name. Of yeah, of course. course, of course. And so, um What's you your know, name Janelle's Mom comes out, you know. And she has on, you know, the the uh what we like to call booty shorts. Okay. And, you know, the tank top. And she like, oh hey, you know, back then I was Miss Jones. Oh hey, Miss Jones, you know, come on, pull up a seat. So she pulled up a chair for me on the porch, you know, with the family. Everybody's just kind of chilling. And she offered me a forty. Oh damn. <laughs> And I was like, "Okay, wait a
1: minute.
2: Damn. This is too black. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to have to turn that down, man, because I'm just here right now to to talk to you about your little daughter. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I wouldn't say that was, you know, in a bad way. Um, (laughs) You know, like nobody was angry or nobody was like cussing me out. You know, they they were just being friendly. But to me, I was just like, okay, this is just a little too black.
1: You said you said the, you said the Nicarachi was high that day, huh?
2: Right, <laughs> right.
1: Now had, had that been me really at that time, I'd be like, no ma'am, I, I can't I can't have any of that 40. But if you got one of them red solo cups, you go on, you know what I'm saying? You can, your little top maybe. You can go right. on pour that thing up. Right, Look,
2: right. Or, or
1: just go on and pass that uh right. that uh <laughs> that, that,
2: that, that, that. <laughs> You well, got that, me. that,
0: you that, can that fighting, natural I, substance.
1: I
2: will, <laughs> we some I will take that medication <laughs> that you got. <laughs> All right,
1: we are, we're getting toward wow. the end. And, you know, I got, I got a couple more questions. Tommy Davidson, the comedian Tommy Davidson, told a story on You Had Me a Black as well. His is about the impact that this one teacher had on him and then in turn, the impact he had on that teacher. All right so understanding again the significant role both positive or negative that a teacher can play on our lives i want this question to be focused on other teachers what advice do you have for other teachers as they begin to understand this truly heavy but amazing responsibility of molding protecting and inspiring these minds for tomorrow. Maybe it's a new teacher. Maybe it's a teacher who, who, who's a bit jaded and wants to kind of refocus. What advice do you have for them to be better at understanding and identifying that moment for inspiration?
2: I think that, um, you know, as teachers and growing up and just living in this nation, we all kind of come with our own biases. And um, if I'm speaking to teachers, I would ask them to please leave their biases at the door of their classroom. Mm. When they come in, I'd like for them to put those down and to be able to see their students as people, as humans who need them. And even the students who act like they don't need a teacher, even the students who seem hardcore to the soul, um, they need our love, they need our care, they need our kindness, and they need to know that when they walk in that classroom, someone is there who cares about them. Someone is there who loves them, and someone is there who is concerned about their future, their success, and their well being
1: mm. you said that you said that all right I got one final question for you. I ask a version of this question relatively often because it's it's applicable. it gives someone the opportunity to to talk on a large scale if they can make that type of impact <clears throat> so There was a story on You Had Me at Black. Her name was Tanika, I think. I think I got it right. Um, She talked about her coach and how before every game, her coach gave her one word to focus on. And the example she gave, the word was tenacity, which meant the entire game, she had to repeat that word in her head and focus on being tenacious. So if we bring that philosophy into the classroom. But in this case, your classroom is the entire country and your class time lasts the entire year. What would the one word you would have all of your students focus on and why?
2: That one word, although it seems so simple, is so very real, especially during this time that we are experiencing. That one word, Vince, would be kindness. Mm-hmm. If everyone would just take a moment and choose kindness, choose to treat that person with kindness, choose to treat that student with kindness, even children treating their parents with kindness, I really think our world would just be so much better than it is even now. We've seen so many things in our news lately. We see so many things in our schools We hear so many things that if someone had just taken a moment to show kindness, so many things would have been reversed. That's the one word that I would definitely use if I were the teacher for our entire world.
1: That is without question the word that I love to hear. I I wish that both adults and children could find it in their heart and mental capacity to remember what kindness really means and then apply that to everyone that they come in contact with. Because it, yes. it, would, it would put to an immediate stop so many of the issues that we as people, we as black people, we as black men, black women are dealing with every single day. It could improve our mental capacity, our mental capability yes. severely. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that you said that word. It means so much to me. Well, sister, that's all I have. So I want to take this last moment Turn the microphone over to you and let you say whatever ever on your heart to the um, Wild Black audience, to the Wild Black family. And uh, the mic is yours.
2: Hey, Wild Black family. I just want to say thank you, first of all, to Vince and secondly, to Art. I would like to thank you all for allowing me to come on and to share this platform with you to talk to you about. Teachers and parents and students. I just want the parents out there to know that, hey, listen, we love your babies because they are just like our babies as soon as they walk into that classroom. And we definitely know that you are their first teacher. We are there to love them, we are there to support them, and we are there to number one, help them to grow. We wanna help them grow spiritually, we wanna help them grow educationally, and we wanna help them grow socially. So please know that we are a tool that we want you to use. So if you have questions, talk to your child's teacher. If there's something that you wanna know or discuss, make sure you come, make sure you talk to us because our door is always open. We want you to know that we are just that one extra puzzle piece that's gonna go into making your child great. To all my fellow teachers out there, Keep on loving those kids, even when they act like they don't want your love, they really do. So keep fighting the good fight and keep making sure that you are inspiring and make sure that you are determined to go in that classroom and do your very best. And to all the, hey, listen, your parents love you, your teachers adore you. So please make sure that when you walk into that classroom, you give them your best. Thank you so much, Wild Black audience.
1: Wow, that that was pretty damn good.
2: (laughs) That was pretty damn good.
1: All right, well. Yes, it was. (laughs) I'm not even going to try to add anything after that. It would just make me look like an idiot. So what I'm going to (laughs) do is say thank you, Marie, and Wild Black. Thank you. We out. Peace.
4: Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster?